thank you because you were actually one of the first people that reached out to me um, after I first opted out. So I appreciate you lending your support, you know, right away. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. It's good to, uh, it's good to chat. Okay. So thank you. So I just want to start out with, it's not very often that Americans are playing overseas. So how did the deal with Manchester City acquiring you come about? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a long time coming. Um, it probably took about four to five months. Um, but um, yeah, my, my agent got it done and, and I was with the Columbus crew at the time. Um, and then Greg Berhalter, the coach, um, he, he helped to get it, get it through as well. Um, so it was, I mean, when they first came to me and my agent came to me and said that, yeah, Manchester City's looking at me um, and, and they're interested, I was, I was blown away because um, I grew up watching them, uh, watching the Premier League, always wanted to play over here. Um, so it was a dream come true for it to actually develop and happen. And now that I'm here, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, and what was that like? Okay, because I played overseas for 10 years. So there's such dramatic differences, just living in America, just the normal, like a dryer. I know you you guys probably have nice places, but overseas, a lot of times I was, I was just washing the clothes, hanging them on the heaters. Like, oh, what has your <clears throat> been like from the U.S. moving to the U.K.? Yeah, uh, I mean, the U.K. is pretty similar to the U.S. in, in a lot of ways. It's obviously different. Uh, like you said, Europe is, uh, is different. U.S. is very much more modern and... and um, or a little bit extra over in the States. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's cool just to be over here and, and be young and be able to check out uh, a different culture and, and meet different people that I normally wouldn't be able to meet and, and play with these, these players that I, I have just been watching for, for years and years. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And it's, it's, it's obviously, it's not easy to be away from friends and family and, and what you're used to and home and all that, but it, it definitely is uh, worth it. Definitely. And so we've seen it a lot, you know, in the news and even most recently to some games happening with racism in soccer. Have you experienced anything in the UK or been a part of any of, of the games where you took a stance? Uh, I've never been a part of a game where there was racism by fans or, or um, uh, another player or referees or coaches or anything. Um, but I mean, I have been subjected to comments and direct messages um, via social media, um, and that's really um, that's really all that I've gotten. And before that, um, I mean, growing up, I was I was pretty privileged. Um, I didn't have to deal with any any really racism that I that I knew of, um, or, or um, what's going over going on over in the states, police brutality and that stuff. That's good. I'm glad that you haven't. And so I want yeah. to show you playing in the Champions League because that's a big deal. And what was it like? Like, do you remember on your debut? Like, what what was that like? You got the dub. So what just newcomer coming in? What what was the the feel? Uh, I mean, obviously there's nerves, um, but I mean at the same time it, it was nice because we were already through. Um, the game really was just about all about professionalism and and playing at home, getting the win, um, making sure we, we um, yeah, got the maximum points out of that group. Um, obviously, it was amazing to, to debut Champions League, play again for Manchester City, play at home in the, in the Etihad, um, play with those guys. Um, that was great. Uh, obviously, it would have been a lot more, uh, it would have been 
a lot louder, um, a little bit more passion if there are fans there. Um, but I mean, you can't really complain. We're, we're still able to, uh, to perform and do our jobs. So what I'm just curious to date, what would you say your, your best memory is to date? Just, I know it's not a lot, but what, what would you say? Do you have any cool stories, um, meeting players, talking to players, like any cool stories? Oh. Throughout my whole life? Well, just, well, I would just say. Or just since being over here. Yeah, I'm going to say since being over there. But if you have a cool story just in, no. in general, I would love to hear it. You know, podcasts are stories. So storytelling. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, since being over here. I mean, it's obviously this year and with COVID and everything, it's just been so different. We didn't have a preseason um, where we usually have some games and, and some some time off where we'll go out to dinner or, or we'll we'll go out for a few drinks as a team and, and kind of really get to know your new team better and your, and your, um, your, your teammates better. Um, we haven't had that even just living here during the season, living in Manchester, we even, ha we haven't had uh, a dinner out or, or uh, a gathering um, as that, a team. How do you think that's affected like just team chemistry? Because I'm the analyst for the Hawks here and it's kind of the same. They have nine newcomers and it's kind of hard to get that meshing. So how has, has COVID like slowed almost the chemistry process down? I mean, I would say, yeah, in some ways for sure. I mean, those, those, I mean, for me, at least those times, those dinners, those, those bondings, that's like the best time for me. Um, and, and to get to kind of get, get to know your players and, and your friends and your, your coworkers um, off the field. Um, I love that um, just as much, even, even more than, than getting to know them on the field. Um, so uh, yeah, COVID has definitely, has definitely um, hindered some uh, chemistry, I would say. Um, and, and there's definitely a lot more business and, and work than, than there is play right now. Um, but like I said, I mean, we're, we're grateful to, to be able to do, still do what, what we can and, and, and work and, and get paid. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there struggling. So we're, we're, we're blessed. Definitely. And, you know, we have the Olympics coming up this year, this, this next year. And the U.S. national team, as I said, you're the goalie for the U.S. national team. Um, you guys were a part, was it, what was it, Wells and, and in Panama? I don't mm -hmm. you know, were a part of a social justice messaging. Can you just tell me about that? Yeah, so that was our first camp since January, I think. Yeah, so it's it's been a while since we were all together and, and all these things happened. Um, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, um, all these things happened in America and, and around the world that we we wanted to, to make a stand, um, let our fans and in, in our country know that we um, are standing with with the with the black community and and. and um, are against police brutality and, and, and all that stuff that, that's going on and that has gone on in America for so long um, that, yeah, we're, we're not okay with it. And we want to, we want to use our voices, use our platform to, to bring about change and, and make a better world for, for the future generations. Um, so um, our coach, Greg Berhalter, he and our leadership council, um, a group of us, we, we just got on a call and said, how, how do we want to go about this? Um, and we thought, uh, yeah, making that jacket be the change and then we could put on whatever we wanted, a little message on the back. Um, uh, yeah, so we came up with that and 
um, yeah, a lot of people liked it. Uh, we got some, a lot of good movement out of it. Yeah, it, it was cool. Um, and I mean, it's just like the little things in life that make a big uh, impact. So I think that little, little jacket, I mean, I think um, it, it goes a long way and it showed um, a lot of people what we were about. Definitely. It sent a loud message. It was a little jacket, as you call it, but it was a loud message. <laughs> and, and now the group is trying to qualify for the FIFA World Cup of 2022. Can you just talk? I don't you weren't even on the team that didn't qualify, but can you just talk about like how what's the feel going into this Olympics, knowing that the last one you didn't uh, qualify, the last cup you didn't qualify for? Yeah, it's um, obviously we see the comments. We, we, we read the, uh, the articles about the past uh yeah the past um but we can't do anything about it we can't do anything about the future all we can do is to go into these camps where we when we have them and and get to know each other as best as we can on and off the field um push each other to become better um individually and and um collectively um and then go out there and, and execute our roles and and um really just get the job done i mean that's that's really what it is at the end of the day it's just performing and and um we have a lot of young talent um a lot of young talent uh so it's just all about experience and, and getting games together and getting those reps and and really just becoming a team um so hopefully the the camps going forward we they're, they're smooth sailing and won't be canceled and we can get those games in and, and get that time yeah and you talked about having young talent so what are the like realistic goals like and i say that because like on every team like even for the Hawks this year, you know, six, the sixth through 10th place is their realistic goal. Y'all are shooting for gold, like even with that young team, or is it like we're in the developmental stage? Where, where are the goals that's at for 2021? Yeah, for, I mean, we, we know that we are uh, in a developmental phase where we're, our whole team ha has changed in the past couple of years. Um, but I mean, if you're not trying to win the trophy, uh, what are you what are you doing out there um so that's definitely our that's definitely our goal um is to lift the trophy and, and lift as many trophies as we can um and just be successful as we can i love it so tell me about voice now um i appreciate you sending me some gear i think i actually wore it on one of my shows already but just tell me about your foundation voice now yeah so after the george floyd uh yeah um incident we I, I went i came together with with uh my good friend alex granali from maryland uh, that's where we met and then we played at columbus crew for a little bit um and so we just yeah we we decided we talked and we decided that uh using our platforms just for our own careers and our own and our own social uh, or selfish um interest uh it just isn't good enough we we have a big heart we we have great families, um, a great support system that we, we were raised by and, and grew up into. Um, so we wanted to give back and, and help support um, the people who, who need uh, a helping hand. Um, and so we decided to call voice now so we can use our voice. Um, each one, each and every one of us has, has, um, has a voice, no, no matter um, how big or how small your platform is. Um, your opinion matters and, and um, we want to use um, yeah we want to use our voices we want to use the platforms that we work hard for um, to to bring about change um, and I've I personally I know you have as well as athletes you you come into you meet a lot of people um, a lot of different people um, and teams are all about diversity and coming together as one and, and going for one goal 
Um, so I want to I want to bring those connections and and kind of become a team um, and, and uh, fight for change and, and making the world a better place. I love it. It's a global community of athletes and fans fighting for equality and justice. Just so people understand, I was happy to rock the gear. Um, so you're over there in the UK. We're all experiencing the show is called Remotely Renee because we're all experiencing trying to connect while being remote. How are you doing that? Like, how are you connecting while being remote? Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of texting, a lot of FaceTimes, a lot of Zoom calls. Um, I mean, but that's this is kind of besides people, my family or my friends um, coming over to visit like they normally would. Um, that's this is usually how what I would be doing anyway is FaceTiming, um, text messaging and, and all that stuff. So um, besides the, I'm definitely missing the the social trips, the social visits. Um, but other than that, it's it's pretty much the same for me. So how often so how often did family usually come to visit you pre COVID? And I'd obviously I know they can't come now. But how often did you have family just coming over? I could imagine that everybody wants to come to the to the UK to take a visit. So I was in uh, I was in Germany last season. Um, so it's my first year in UK. So they were over. My sister was over there living with me for the year, which is great to have her over there. Um, and then they came over. Did my mom? I'm trying to think. I know that they definitely came over for Thanksgiving, okay. and they might have gotten over before that one more time. Um, and then we had plans for for them to come back in the spring um, to see a couple games, but um, COVID really took over, so I canceled everything. Listen, Zach, I. I love your messaging voice now, first of all. So I already wanted to talk Thank to you about your awesome goalie, U.S. national team goalie, Manchester City, <laughs> all the things that you deserve. You're that caliber of athlete. So, Zach, thank you for connecting with me on Remotely Renee. Thanks for having me, Renee. Appreciate it. This is Dr. Joy. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.